Let's have some fun. Let's invite our friends to a Polynesian winding. Poo-poo's, of course, come first. Oh, poo-poo's. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Pie Factory Podcast. <coughs> Just in time to get your coughing attack. On oh, it. yeah. And no, I don't have the COVID. That's the second time in a row you did not have COVID. Yeah, I still don't have it. I, I don't know if I have it or not. Uh, I can't I can't get tested unless I go to the ER. Yeah, so. I probably don't have it. You probably won't have it either. I probably don't. Have, I mean, it could be asymptomatic and all that. But True. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to I'm just going to do a friggin' podcast. How about you? Sure. Why not? Yeah. And this <laughs> this freaking podcast is hosted by a couple of freaks. Yeah. <sighs> Please. The freeway was scene of a freak accident. Yeah, we're hardly a couple. We are freaks, though. But, yeah, I guess we might be. Then again, I haven't used the phone to, like, gain access that I shouldn't have in a long time. Oh, I see what you did there. P-H-R-E-A-K. Oh. Yeah, I don't have my Captain Crunch whistle. Then again, I could just play a 2600 hertz tone out off a musical instrument or something. Yours Revenge was really good on the 2600. It was? It, oh, it's, it still is. It still is. That is what is known as Stream of Consciousness. Stream of Consciousness. And, oh, speaking of stream... Oh, yeah, I should have gone before we recorded, but I can, I'll, I'll hold it. Don't cross the streams, Ray. Yeah, but... Uh, oh, um, oh, this is Hi. Pie Factory Podcast, just in case uh, some of you are new and Hello. are wondering if you did indeed get the correct podcast from the podcast provider so it's pie factory podcast episode uh uh 109 is it uh 110 i believe oh that's right is 110 is i believe so 110 I, right there 110 okay nice nice uh it's nice and this is sean coming to you from chicago the greatest city in town change my mind and this is jim coming to you from morris which is the greatest city along the Illinois and Michigan Canal. No, I can't say that because Ottawa's better. Hmm. I'll get I'll get back to you on a on a okay. super, superlative there. Okay. Remind uh, remind him by the way. Uh, Pie Factory at fab 4 itcom We should start a podcast about nothing other than superlatives. Hmm. The superlative podcast is amazing. It's the most amazing, actually. Yes. Huh. I hath not seen nor ear hath heard of how amazing the podcast is. Hmm. Well. We'll have to do something about that. We'll have to see or hear about it. Yay, verily. So, uh, what have you been up to uh, there, uh, Jim? EG? Well, I've been playing some games, and I don't... Uh, oh, me too! Yeah, and other than the ones we're going to be talking about tonight, well, we're technically talking about them in the evening, not quite night yet, but um, I don't really remember the ones I've been playing, because I've just been playing a random assortment of games. Uh, however, uh, I got a new... Uh, a new toy to play with. Aww. And people that have been on our Facebook page probably know what I'm talking about. I have purchased oh, my... Slinky? F- yes. No, I purchased my fourth 8-bit duo uh, product. Uh, I, As you know, people know I have the... Um, what is this? I have it right here. The, or the NES 30 Pro gamepad, which was my first product. Then I had the, uh, the, the wireless Bluetooth dongle, which I still can't find. And I spent an hour and a half cleaning my room. Doesn't look like I did anything, but I spent an hour and a half cleaning my room. Then I have their uh, NES uh, arcade stick, which has got eight buttons, nine if you count the start button. Oh, but hand, now hand I, it over. Let me try it out. Oh, sure. There you go. Okay, thanks. 
Yeah. Uh, but finally, I, I've been seeing some reviews of this newer product that they have called the SN30 Pro Plus. It's another gamepad. Um, oh, this is And nice. I have to say, this is probably the best uh, controller I have ever used in my life. Wow. It's like the NES 30 pad, except that the shoulder buttons are in better places. It's got a couple of wings that you can use to grip. And there is some heft to this thing. Um, this is a very well-constructed device, and it paired right away. When I first got my uh, NES 30 uh, controller, um, I had to do some updating of the firmware and stuff to get it to work correctly. None of that. <laughs> Didn't have to go through any of that with this controller. One of the things I like the most about it is you can replace the battery. It comes with a rechargeable battery. This day and age, things with rechargeable batteries, you can't get at them. Uh, they keep them wired in permanently, but this one... You can remove the wireless battery, or the wireless, the um, rechargeable battery, and if you're in a pinch, you could put a couple of double A's in there. Or you can buy a second, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> rechargeable battery from 8-bit, though. But, um, yeah, so um, to everybody that says that China does not make good products, this is, this is Exhibit A, in my case, that yes, they can make good products, and they do. This is an amazing device. I'm going to have to show it to you sometime when we can uh, stop distancing in a social perspective again so yes so i've been uh, yes. playing a lot of games with that it works really well in the uh, 7800 emulator that i have on my computer and mm. uh the other day i scored almost five million points on robotron on the 7800 using oh, that controller hold it hold it this week in robotron mm -hmm. all right so yes oh and that was um an intermediate difficulty not novice so, um, I think with Novice, you get a good controller, you could play that thing forever. Huh. Taking a drink of water. Um, I don't oh. drink normally. You could probably hear me slurp it down. Yeah, I'm slurping down a little bit of a uh, Wineys uh, orange shandy. You know what? I have some brandy here. Maybe I should have gotten some of that out. Hmm. You know, the sailors do say brandy is a fine girl. <clears throat> so, uh, <sighs> no. So, anyway, so that's what I've been doing. And uh, not a whole lot more. I mean, if it weren't for naps, I don't know how I'd be uh, getting through this lockdown. Oh, I'm I'm getting through it fine personally because I I really don't mind staying in the house. I I really don't. Got my games with me. Got my books. Got my records. Got my stuff. You know. Mm -hmm. Got plenty of stuff to keep me busy. Oh, including my Mister FPGA, which I finally, finally, actually spent some quality time with. Uh, partly because of what we're going to be talking about later today, mm -hmm. but um, I tried out some TI-99-4A ROMs on it, mm -hmm. and kind of with mixed results in that the TI-99-4A is a lot less fun than I remember it, but mm -hmm. I still had a little bit of fun with it. Like, I, ooh, mm -hmm. I, I found the Wumpus. Yay. How long was the hunt? I don't remember. I, I really don't remember, but... Uh, I remember playing Hunt the Wumpus in Kmart on the display, but I never actually figured out what I was supposed to do. But this time I figured out what I was supposed to do, and I found the Wumpus. <laughs> and TI Invaders, I played that too. And that really is a nice version of Space Invaders. It really is. Uh, still, my all-time favorite version is the Atari 2600 version. But mm -hmm. TI, TI Invaders is really nice. And, uh, of course, because I am a Pac-Man fan, I had to play some Munchman, which I also remember from Kmart. 
And other than that, though, it seems though that it's just such a lame machine to play video games on. It's like pole position, kind of boring, kind of boring. Congo Bongo, I couldn't get running, so I don't know <laughs> what that's like. But I spent some time with that. Oh, and for the first time ever in my life, I activated the Atari 2600 Adventure Easter Egg. Yeah? Never did it before. In fact, really? I never even knew about that thing until probably about 2001, 2002. Really? Yeah, I, I never knew. But I did it. I did it on, uh, I think, on Easter, actually. I activated the Easter Egg on my flashback portable. And uh, I, I was happy to do that. It felt very satisfying. Oh, and especially because uh, I just recently finished reading Ready Player One. Yeah, the book's almost 10 years old, but man, that was an amazing read. I loved it from start to finish. And uh, the adventure Easter egg kind of plays a part in it. Then after I read the book, I watched the movie. And I, w I was expecting to be disappointed by the movie. And there are a lot of changes in the movie from the book, but I was not disappointed at all. I really enjoyed it. In fact, I, I'm thinking of getting the DVD, huh. but I do think that if I hadn't read the book first, I wouldn't have liked it as much because mm -hmm. the book kind of implicitly explains things in a way that appear in the movie that if you didn't read the book, you wouldn't know what the hell the purpose was. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so I got that going for me. Oh, today I played deadly duck on the 2600. Oh, yeah? I don't know if yeah. I've ever played that one. That I've, is a bizarrely, well, not really bizarre. It's a, it's an interesting game. Yeah. If there's not much to it, but the gameplay is really fascinating. It's basically like demon attack in a way, mm -hmm. except that it, it's not quite D it's kind of like demon attack and, uh, mega mania kind of rolled into one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm playing it for the Atari 2600 high score showdown on the Atari age Facebook page. Uh, Played some lock and chase for the same reason. And mm -hmm. every now and then I've been playing the Atari 7800 centipede in expert mode mm -hmm. just to see how I can do. Maybe if I can practice that in expert mode, when I finally get back to an arcade, I might be able to improve my, <laughs> uh, my arcade score. Uh, so far in expert mode, I haven't cracked a hundred thousand. So mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, but that is uh, my life in gaming for the past two, three-ish weeks. How about you, Jimmy? Oh, wait, you already told me. I already told you. You already did, indeed. You already told me. Sure. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. This has been really exciting um, last couple of weeks. I'm really hoping this thing ends soon because I need to get back to the arcade. This is just like, yeah. right before this has started, I'm like, you know what? I'll probably head up to Galloping Ghost before too long. And then, boom, this happened. And, yep. well... And the thing is, even when they start lifting restrictions, it's going to be really hard for arcades to, at least I'm predicting, it's going to be hard for arcades to uh, kind of enforce like space rules that might still be yeah. lingering. Yeah, like, I, I, I have a feeling once they uh, start loosening the restrictions, uh, Gallop, I don't expect Galloping Ghost to open before June, or any of the arcades, mm -hmm. really. Uh, it'd probably I, be a little easier to place like Underground Retrocade. But, like, Galloping Ghost and Pixel Blast, uh, Galloping Ghost just has a, a boatload of games, and Pixel Blast is in a tiny location, and so they're pretty much crammed in, so I really don't think those places will be open. Really, I just think arcades in general won't be open before June, but... Uh, yeah, that's going to be yeah. hard. 
Yeah, that's what I she think said. the restrictions are going to be lift or be starting to ease mid around middle of May. Yeah, at least I hope so. I mean, the thing is, I don't mind working from home. I I thought I would because usually on on any other normal time. If I decide I have to work at home a day because, say, I don't know, the cable company has to come by or something, I get cabin fever within a couple of hours and I have mm-hmm. to get out. But I've been okay. I've been okay. I've been absolutely fine. I don't know why. But Yeah, it's different with me because it's like since having been out of work since November. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to study for my A-plus certification. Oh, nice. And I've got uh, a while back, uh, Udemy.com had a bunch of classes for um, like 10 bucks. So I got the the two A plus classes, and those are hard slog. As much as the instructor tries to make it interesting, there's only so much you could do to make like topics like networking interesting. So I've been I, I, I finished the first class and I'm starting on the second one. Uh, I'm still not anywhere near close to getting my certification yet. And then I'm going to go through and study through the book, and um, it's just boring as hell. And I've caught myself dozing off quite a few times and. Yeah, I, I haven't taken that test in almost 10 years. Like, how, how, how far up does it go now? Is it, is it up to it date? It includes, includes tablets and phones. And, oh, wow. Uh, uh, there's some other technologies that it covers, too, that I don't – that it didn't uh, – I've never taken the test. I need to do it if I'm going to – if I want to get a, any sort of a decent-paying job in IT. So, my exp- without, without a degree or the certification, very few companies have been wanting to talk to me. Jeez. So, yeah. So that's too bad. You're not a programmer because you don't really need either. As long as you, as long as you can write code. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's for me. As I've, my grasp of math is not good, and uh, a lot of the stuff that I've seen. Programming languages have built-in functions to do the math for you. I, I was just thinking about that actually, just in the past days. Like, why is math such a big deal when this stuff does the math for you? I don't get it. And I still want to know why calculus is usually a requirement in computer science programs. Why? Why? I've had my my developing job for seven years, and never once have I had to do more than multiplication. Yeah, I guess it's all about formulas and stuff. I'm not that good at math, and and some of the logic stuff, it's just like hard for me to, to think about what with my ADD and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if it's ADD or what because I get bored easily, but I, I I don't know. But I know what I do. I know I'm not right uh, in the head in many uh, regards. But um, uh, so yeah. So at any rate, oh, I'm right in the head because people usually tell me I'm going to kick you right in the head. <laughs> These are the jokes, folks. So jokes? I don't know. I think with that. Uh, do we have any addenda, Narada? I know we got an email from Eugenio. Well, you know what? Let's uh, since you asked um, about addenda and Narada, let's do that first, shall we? Let us do that. And thank you, Scattered Frog. Uh, oh, did you know Scattered Frog is currently in the middle of recording another song? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, that, that, any that's... news about that? Any? I just any, told you they're just recording. They're in the studio recording. Oh, a new so you song. don't have any other details. That's the news. I mean, what? Oh, that's more of a rumor than anything. It's, it's okay. It's kind of like when uh, I was talking about how one night when I when I came home, I was I was driving through the alley behind our house and I saw a rat and I went after it with the car and I and I told someone about that. I said, "Oh man, the car just had a fight with a rat." And this person said, 
tell me the story. I said, I just did. The car just had a fight with a rat. I mean, what first thing that came to my mind is Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead. Of course you would. Yes. Of course. Oh, anyway, uh, I do have a couple of addenda that I kind of stole from other podcasts. I Uh have to say. Like we we recently talked about Kickman. Did we come? Did we? Did I talk about the uh, addendum about Kickman before? Uh, I don't know. So uh, George Gomez, who's uh, either the designer or one of the designers of Kickman, he actually came up with a kick switch that would go on the cabinet. Really? And he would use that to kick the balloons up. But at the last minute, Midway pulled it out out of fear that uh, players would injure themselves from kicking the cabinet and potentially sue the company. Yeah, it's probably a good uh, good decision. Yeah. Might as well cite my sources. I stole that from an interview on the 80s uh, arcade podcast. Huh? I need to it was actually to hosted one. by, I think, one of our listeners, actually, oh. who, cite, who cites us as reason he wanted to do a podcast. I don't, I don't know if it's because he's like, hey, that sounds like a good idea. I'm going to do a podcast. Or he's like, <laughs> these guys suck. Let me do it better. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. And also, the other thing that I stole from another podcast, going way back to the Tinkle Pit episode... Ooh, Mr. Do exclamation point. This is interesting. I heard, I heard this on uh, diary of an arcade employee actually is that there is a theory that that character's name might be pronounced Mr. Doe. Oh, and support behind that is what happens when Mr. Do picks up a bunch of cherries in a row. A major scale. Yeah. So the dough could oh, be a little, Ramey. yeah. Oh, fun Mr. fact, dough. by the way, hmm. I was reading, I think I was reading about this in uh, one of the, one of the uh, Cecil Adams books when somebody asked, why do we use dough, Ray, me, et cetera, to represent notes on a scale? Mm-hmm. And it came from a Latin sentence actually. Oh, really? Except the original, it's like each of those little syllables was the beginning of a Latin sentence, but dough from where those Latin sentences were taken was originally ut, U-T, but it doesn't have a nice smooth sound. Like it sounds like you're getting punched in the gut. So they replaced it with dough. Dough. Exactly. Nice. So yeah, that's, that's a uh, nice. Uh, do you have any uh, errata and or addenda? No, I do not have any addenda or errata. Hey, or what errata do you have addenda. to say? I don't know. I can't hear him talk. You can say things without talking. Yeah, that's true. My daughter does use sign language. In um, I only know one uh, one thing in sign language, and it only involves one finger. So uh, uh, I'll read the first couple, and then uh, we're going to have to save two of his points until after we've discussed the uh, the games for tonight. Huh. So I'll read the first two first stuff here. Yay. So greetings, Sean and Jim. Greetings, Eugenio. I hope you guys are doing well and safe from the COVID nineteen. My month of March, which was full of trips, became empty of trips thanks to the coronavirus. All the trips for meetings were canceled to reduce the risk of exposure to the virus, and the meetings were done via webcast instead in abbreviated format. Disney, Universal, and Six Flags parks have closed. Cruises have become canceled. Sporting events have been canceled. Schools have closed. The impact of the virus has really been felt everywhere and by everyone. Now, um, the wife and I, we are uh, pass holders at Six Flags. Oh, and, yeah. Um, be, or not pass holders. Now they got a thing called membership, kind of like a museum membership, except for sure. Six Flags. And um, they are upgrading everybody's pass to the next tier higher for the rest of this year. 
And for every week the parks are closed, they're giving you an additional week uh, during operating season next year. Nice. So uh, I was good on them. I was pissed last year because they had a, they had a, for members, they had an opening day for their new roller coaster at Great America, Max Force, but it wasn't ready to be open yet. So we went there and it wasn't ready and we were never able to get back to ride that thing. And short ride, it's less than 30 seconds long, but it's supposed to be really good despite the length. So anyway, continuing, we're doing all we can in my office to stay safe, but getting supplies has become quite difficult. Don't I know it? Try getting masks. I'm hoping this improves as the local medical associations work to help medical offices get supplies. Everyone, please stay safe and stay home. Uh, the only thing that will stop the virus from spreading is remaining isolated. If you're worried about possible symptoms of the virus, there's a self-checker that the CDC has posted online. I'm adding the webpage now, and he uh, he provided a link for that. Thank you, Eugenio. Thank you for looking out for us. We will uh, share that in our... And our no-shows or yep. show notes. Or- yeah, and everybody listening, remember, Eugenio is a doctor. He is a physician. He knows well, what he's talking about. The next paragraph. By the way, Jim, to answer two questions you asked on a previous ah. episode. <laughs> One, hot cocoa. And two, Trek MD is exactly what Sean said. Trek because I'm a Star Trek fan and MD because I'm a doctor. I don't remember the hot cocoa thing. I, I don't either. but Unless that's a-, a joke. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know. So, as for Venture, which you guys mentioned on a prior episode, have you seen the new hack for the Atari 2600? The game is now 32K and much closer to the arcade. We now get the music and intermission screen and the animation when going in and out of the treasure room. It's called Venture Reloaded. I'm including the link below. Well worth giving a try. So, I'm going to add that to my must-play list. Hmm. Anywho, how about I start giving you feedback on the games you discussed on the prior episode and in today's episode? Okay. So he continues. One, boot camp. Can't say I've seen this game in any arcade, but it does look interesting. I watched a video of it and did some reading to learn about it. In some respects, the game is like track and field, since the player has to reach certain goals and various activities. What makes this different is that instead of sports, the player is controlling a character who is training in the army. Looks like a tough game, particularly when, if, you get to the mission. I was surprised to see this even had home ports. The C64 and Amstrad versions look rather good. If they have this at the Galloping Ghost, which they do, and they make it into Chicago in the summer, here's hoping Corona is mostly gone by then, I will have to give it a try. 2. G.I. Joe. This one I have seen but never played. I saw it in passing at an arcade but never saw it again, and I can't remember why I did not play it either. It did look like a cool game, particularly because up to four people can play it at once as any four of the characters from G.I. Joe. Duke, Snake Eyes, Scarlet, or Roadblock. I loved watching the cartoon in the 80s, so playing as any of those characters would have been cool. Now, I am familiar with another G.I. Joe video game, the 2600 game by Parker Brothers, G.I. Joe Cobra Strike. Have you guys played this one? Now, I have played that in emulation. It's a paddle game. I'm going to have to yeah, try it again. Not. I don't remember much about it. It uses the paddle controllers and one joystick controller, and it allows up to three different people to play. Uh, there's a cool-looking Cobra that is attacking the G.I. Joe recruits that are moving between Joe HQ and a shelter. You use the shield to protect them and fire lasers at the Cobra. The control is a bit inexact, but that adds to the fun. If you are able to play it with three people, one person controls the shield, another controls the guns, and another controls the Cobra. Yo, Joe. That's actually kind of unusual to have just a three-player game. Uh, Usually, if they're going to do it, they'll do a two, three, and four. But having it up to just a three, that's weird. It's weird to have a game to have, like, pedals and a joystick plugged in, so... Since I have not listened to the episode that covers these two games when I'm writing this feedback, I'm going to guess the theme was games with military characters. Um, mm, you're in the right track, but you've probably yeah. heard the episode, so yeah, yeah, we won't go there. So, and the next two things are about the games we're going to be talking about tonight. 
and uh, we'll wait and uh, reveal what he has to say at the end of the episode. Indeedles. Indeedles. And I think with that, we should get on to uh, talking about our games, do you think? Uh, yeah, we should. But before that, uh, something that Underground Retrocade just posted uh, oh? for people in the Chicago area and for people who are not in the Chicago area who would like to support uh that arcade while they're on hiatus uh, it says here we've enabled the online store at our website where oh. you can stock up on some arcade swag like shirts books and dvds every dollar goes to ensure that when quarantine is lifted we can pick up right where we left off and provide that return to normalcy you've been hoping for awesome i'm gonna have to i have not don't have one of their t-shirts i'm oh, gonna really? have to get one yes oh they got a new one out now it's uh, oh yeah yeah that yeah i think it was uh was that on the? I think it was on their uh, anniversary. They just released. Oh no, no! It was. Uh, it was in December during a Dickens and Dundee festival. Dickens on parade. No. Retrocade introduced a new T-shirt design that night. I have one of them too. Yeah. Don't Google uh, Dickens on parade. You might find yourself uh, no. disgusted. Um, I think in one of the recent updates, uh, I love that Doc Mac is doing live updates every day. That is so cool. Um, from does, Galloping yeah. Ghosts. So just follow him on uh, Facebook and you'll see it. He's still doing the uh, he's still doing the Monday game reveals. Uh, that's on Twitch. But in one of his updates, he's been talking about doing an online store. And I think that's a great idea. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, definitely, uh, even though they're closed, you can still help him out a little bit. Yeah. I just love that. What he does, from what I can tell at least, I haven't watched many of them, but it looks like what they're doing is t- like the f- staff at Galloping Ghost, and I'm sure all the other arcades in the area or anywhere else really are taking advantage of the downtime, and they're going machine by machine and scrubbing the hell out of them. Oh yeah, yeah they're they're doing a lot of maintenance at the Ghost, and uh, yeah. he revealed that was it today or yesterday that they're going to be doing a major rearranging of the arcade. Uh, oh, I don't good. know. If th- I don't know if it's going to be. I, I think it's just, you know, how the games are grouped, but uh, yeah, they're going to be doing a major oh, one of man. those. I hope they move Centipede from where it is, because where it is now, it's right under the HVAC system. Uh-huh. And if you have hair of any length, it's going to be blowing all over the place. So when I go to the Ghost, I try to remember to bring a hat or something so I can play Centipede. I hope they put uh, Timber and Tapper back-to-back yeah. uh, at the end of an aisle again, because those machines have some of the best side art of any machine you I've ever seen. Yeah, seeing those two together like that was so cool. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so what I Doc's been that. doing like in his videos is he's like, oh, by the way, I've been cleaning this machine today. Here's a, a little history about it. Here's when we mm-hmm. got it here at the arcade. It was really cool. Really cool. Uh, if you can stand looking. I don't know. Okay, why is it that about 50% of the people in the world, when they do a live stream, it's backwards? He fixed that. He fixed oh, really? that in today's video. Yes. It seems like there's so many of those where it's like, wait a minute, why are you playing a guitar with your left hand all of a sudden? I know you're right-handed. Yeah, he fixed that in his video today. Good. I don't know if a lot of people know how to change those settings. I know I don't. And I got a new phone because I just had it with my LG. So now I'm on a Motorola. I got to get a new phone because mine, or at least have it fixed, but of course I can't go anywhere to get it fixed or replaced. Well, if I get my A-plus certification... What's wrong with it? Oh, you got the you got an, uh, an iPhone. Yeah, the, not as uh, familiar. The microphone, with those. the microphone got disconnected actually, and it requires micro soldering, which I can't do. It's really interesting when I, when I first opened uh, my last phone to replace something. It was um, what was it? It was a camera. About even if you open it, uh, how many modular components there are in there, like the camera yeah. and stuff. And I was kind of uh, kind of shocked, amazed, or whatever. I mean, there's still is a lot 
there's there's not as many as a, like a regular PC mm-hmm. or something, but it's still the fact that there's anything in there is really quite amazing. I thought. Okay. So. Well, you just solidified my decision to not re up my A plus certification because when I last took it, uh, or the one time I took it. It was all computers, and I think it it only came up to, I think, Windows 7, I think, even though Windows 10 had been out by the... I think it had been out. Whatever it, it is, the, the latest version... Windows, Windows 10. Whatever uh, version w- of Windows was current at the time, it was at least one or two versions behind on the test. I miss Windows 7. That was the probably the best version of the Windows operating system. The only version of Windows that I ever liked was Windows CE. Compact edition. That they put in the palm tops. Yeah. Now, Windows 7 and Windows 98 second edition were the two best. Hmm. Second edition with the all of these service packs installed. Should we talk about some games? Well, updating Windows is a bit of a game, I guess. It's a game that you can never win. Well, of course, repairing them. I'm not going to go there. Every Everything has its, is, has its little thing. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in the technology realm. Yeah, I guess it depends on which cojone you'd rather be kicked in. I don't know. Exactly. So, yeah, let's talk about some games here. Um, yeah. Which one do you want to talk about first? Which one oh. would you like either of us to talk about first? Or um, one of us? Okay, you know what? You you built up suspense when you told me that there was something that you learned about one of the games. But thing is, I kind of want to build my own suspense here. Let's talk about Munchmobile. Are you okay with that? Sure, let's talk about Munchmobile. That'll build the suspense for my game even more. Oh, good. Good. Well, Munchmobile is a game that was released in February. Why does everybody say February? People, there is an R there. It is February. You know, the way I pronounce it, I don't think I pronounce it first. You, February. 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 Well, so you're, I guess you're the same guy who says Minuete, so that's. Well, I, I have, to have give no you a pass idea how that, that was pronounced. That's. It doesn't sound like a shuh. But it doesn't it doesn't look like a shuh. And then there are people who say comfortable. How do you get that from comfortable? How? Comfortable. It's like the letters aren't even in the same order. Well, it's just like when you're in the Midwest, it's not I eighty. It's I eighty. I eighty. I eighty then. Yeah. How are you gonna get to Omaha? Well, I'm gonna come from Chicago, get on Balboa and get on Stevenson, then I'm gonna take I eighty out to Omaha. Can you get to the Stevenson from Balboa? I have to go down Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, yeah, you can zigzag to Lakeshore Drive. But yeah. and um, yeah, I just and like saying Balbo. Balbo's a fun, na- a fun name oh, to gosh, say. Oh gosh, that's indeed. my. Other than Pig Lane, which I live right nearby, of course they changed that to Darren Road. Balbo's probably my second favorite road to say. My favorite is uh, maybe PP Falls Road. My favorite road name is Divisadero. Divisadero in San Francisco. Second favorite Park Presidio, also in San Francisco. Those are my two favorite road names. Oh, by the way, I tagged uh, Hyde St. Pierre on something on Facebook, and he never responded. Yeah, he's, I don't know what's up with him. He's hes not very responsive in social media. He's, he's kind of antisocial, at least, I think. But I, I don't i don't know. I just, now I know I, what I'm going to do with my life. Anti-social media. I don't know what's up with that child, but hey. Uh, that anyway. child. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. He's in his 30s and everything, but he's still... Really? He's <laughs> in his 30s? Yeah. I could have sworn he was at least 40 years older. Nah, nah. Hmm. Well, I don't know. He might be... I, you know, he never told me when his birthday is, so... Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. So, did he ever tell you? 
He just did a set a lot of dots and dashes. Maybe I should learn more. 1983 by SNK Corporation. Uh, it was licensed to. All right, did we ever find out for sure if it's Century or Centuri? I always pronounced it Centuri because because of the star Alpha Centuri. Yeah, and the way it's spelled too. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna say Centuri. Okay, uh, so the, it was distributed by Centuri in the United States. In Japan, Munchmobile was called Joyful Road. And by the way, uh, if anybody's looking to play this game in MAME, if you're looking to play Munchmobile in MAME, you also have to get the Joyful Road ROM. I found that out the uh, ah. annoying way. Joyful Road. And uh, the gameplay, it's quite simple. Uh, it's a driving game. It's not a racing game, but it's a driving game. And it's a top-down view of your car on the road. And your car is uh, kind of anthropomorphic in that it has eyes and hands. And it's it's really weird. It, I, I never realized how kind of creepy that is until I was actually playing it for prep for this uh, particular episode. And the goal basically is you are to drive your car which I'm assuming is the Munchmobile, home and park it in the car park. I don't know if it's a garage or a carport. It's hard to tell because of the view. But your job is to just go home, park. And on the way, there are things on the side of the road that the car can pick up with its hands and eat. Hence the name Munchmobile. Munchmobile. Among those things, you have fruits, you have Depending on which area of at least the United States you're from, you can pick up pop or soda or tonic or Coke off the side of the road. You can pick up uh, gas tanks. In fact, you want to pick up gas tanks as much as you can because you need to keep fueling the car. There are a couple of times when you cross bodies of water over a bridge and well, that is the bridge is over the body of water. Of course, it is not that the body of water is over the bridge indeed. Um, but when you're crossing that bridge, you can grab a fish every now and then that happens to pop up out of the water. So all kinds of things you can grab for points. And uh, there's another feature that I think is really cool is that when you hmm. eat, when your car eats something, you can deposit it in a trash can on the side of the road for extra points. Really? Yep. Huh. In deedles. Yep. And, um, if you, you can actually, you can deposit spent food anywhere. You can deposit in the middle of the road. You can deposit it in the grass and I think in the water, but you only get points if you actually put it in a trash can. So, uh, yeah, that, and there's also uh, money bags you can grab and money uh, bags. And that's, that's really the game right there. You have to, of course, avoid crashing into things such as the occasional oncoming car. Uh, you have to keep the car on the road if you, veer off the road at all you lose a life you lose a car and um yeah and if you run out of fuel you lose a life you lose a car and when you run out of fuel you can tell you're about to run out of fuel because the eyes on the car start getting tired and sleepy oh uh, i know i know how cute and if you make it all the way home then uh you get a little animation of a man and a woman hugging and kissing it's i guess it's supposed to be you coming home from work or something and you start all over again, and each loop gets harder and has more features. Like, your car goes faster a little bit. Uh, you can't really speed up or decelerate. It's a constant speed. But you can move forward a little, and you can move mm -hmm. backward a little. And uh, that's that's the game right there. Uh, the scoring, uh, you get 
10 points for roughly every half a screen that you keep driving. If you pick up a pair of cherries, you get 600 points. You get 300 points for picking up an apple. Uh, you get 600 points for what look like slices of pie. If you happen to grab a fish, which is really difficult, by the way, you get 600 points. A uh, pop slash soda slash tonic slash Coke bottle is worth 300 points. A sack of money is worth 900 points. A can of gas is worth 300 points. And if you deposit spent food into the trash, you get 300 points per apple or pop slash soda slash tonic slash uh, Coke tonic. and 600 points for each pair of cherries or fish skeleton that you put in the trash. And when you arrive at home, you get a bonus of 600 points per tick left on the fuel tank. Nice. And I haven't been able to figure out what triggers getting an extra life. I don't know if it's simply making it home or if you have to make it past a certain threshold, like maybe 10,000 points. I've not been able to determine that. And there's so little out there about Munchmobile. Which that- reminds me, I forgot to look up one piece of information about Guzzler. Oh, well, I'm going to do that, do that real that quick right now. And uh, the only thing I can really tell you about Munchmobile besides that is that it's controlled by two joysticks. You have an eight-way joystick on the left to control the car, and you have a two-way joystick on the right to control the car's hands. And if that hand happens to cross any objects that's not something pick then the hand will get hurt and render the hand unusable for uh, a certain amount of time. I was going to say, I love that animation. Uh, like he winces and the car winces in pain if uh, he his hand like runs into an obstacle. That's I thought yeah. it was really cute. And uh, yeah, that that is Munchmobile really and Joyful Road. Uh, the only other thing I can say about it is that there was a home version of Munchmobile released for the TI-99 4A. Oh? And let me tell you, judging from my attempts at playing it and from watching videos on YouTube, it sucks. It sucks so much. I thought there was other versions of it. Well, if you can find them, please tell us. Hmm. But, man, the TI-9, it drags. It's The, the animation isn't smooth at all, and... It, There's absolutely no leeway whatsoever if you have to move the car over, like if the road road twists or something. The arcade version gives you leeway, but the TI-99 4A version does not. Like, if you don't start moving like a couple of seconds before you have to, you're dead. And it's just not, it's just no fun at all, and the sound sucks on it, too. And why did I bring up this game when we were discussing, you know, when we plan out these episodes, we discuss what games we'd like to talk about. And I said, we got to talk about Munchmobile sometime. And the reason is simply that I saw it on Starcade back in the 80s, but I never saw it in an arcade. And I always wondered why I never saw that. It looked like a fascinating game to play, but I've never seen it. I've never seen it in person. I've only played it in MAME. I have seen it in person. Where? I saw it at one of the uh, places... Uh, how to phrase it? I saw it not in one of the places that I would frequent that had video games. I actually did not see it in an arcade. Hmm. Uh, would you see it in a uh, Herman's Sporting Goods or a Chess King or something? In a record store. Oh, really? Sound Investment, record and tape, oh. downtown Playfield, Illinois, where I first saw Phoenix. Sound Investment, which is going to get a little bit of a shout out in the next autobiography of a schnook from what I hear. Oh, really? Yeah. I will be listening for that. If you're, I'm and, sorry and, to hear that. If other people aren't listening to it, they should be. Just throwing that out there. 
So yeah, Sound Investment Records and Tape is where I played it. And I played it a few times. You've played other games there, too, that you mentioned before. Uh, Phoenix Kicks. Uh, I think I mentioned one more, but I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. But definitely yeah. these three. Hmm. Yes. That's fascinating. And the thing is, as I played Munchmobile, just even, even the arcade version, came to realize why I never saw it. Uh, there's something about it that's kind of lacking, and I don't know what it is. It feels like it's unfinished, like it's more of a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Or a prototype or something that just it just never fleshed out. It feels okay. Here's what it is: it feels more like a game that you would get from a really long typing program in a computer magazine from the '80s, like Compute or something. That's kind of what the uh, the overall gameplay. There's just I don't quite know how else to explain it. It feels to me like it should be a console game. I could see that. I, I could totally dig that. Yeah, it's, um, I think the problem with this game is it, it tries to be cutesy, but I think the difficulty on it is a little bit too hard for the cutesiness it's going for. Yeah, that, that, you know what, that's, that's, yes, yes, I totes agree with that. I absolutely do. And even in MAME, like, first of all, if you're going to play this in MAME, don't even try using the keyboard. Don't. Just don't. You need because, a good gamepad or something that's either got two joysticks or a couple of shoulder buttons so that you can do the arms. Yeah, I was actually using a PS4 controller. And there even then, it kept, for some reason, in MAME, it kept stopping. It, it just, it would work for a while, but then all of a sudden, uh, MAME would suddenly think there are no controllers or keyboards attached at all for some reason. I don't know why. I don't, it, might, it might just be the ROM or something. I'm not sure. Because I usually, I use that controller all the time. I'm going to have to uh, try it again. To be perfectly honest, um, I forgot to play the Munchmobile for this episode. So it's been a while since I've played it. Hmm. But I remember quite a bit about it because I did play it with, have played it within the last couple of years. And uh, do any arcades have it? Nope. Oh, In fact, it's not even listed on arcade.com, E-U-R-C-A-D-E. Is Joyful list- Road. Joyful Road isn't listed either. Interesting. Yeah. So nobody... At least nobody registered with Orcade.com has it. Nobody submitted it as an entry to Orcade.com. I will say this. Um, today in the, the, the Galloping Ghost live uh, live feed, Doc said that he has t- over 200 games in the vaults. So really? Could, it's possible this could be one. Huh. I, I have a sneaking suspicion he has iRobot. <laughs> because I uh, in one of the live feeds, I'm like, I just mentioned that iRobot's my favorite game. And he goes, you never know what we have. <laughs> hey, there was a time he told us he had Tinkle Pit, and I thought he was lying. Yeah, but he did have it. He had two Tinkle Pit. He's a good. He's a good liar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that's that's um, uh, uh, what the hell is this game again? Oh yeah, Munchmobile from SNK. Oh who no, would, he course- wasn't actually thinking about. It. He wouldn't be a good liar. We're just terrible at uh, interpreting what he's saying. Maybe that's it. That might be it. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, and uh, speaking of which, um, the game itself, uh, what, what's the uh, Munchmobile? Um, 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 the sounded like a motorcycle. I suddenly there. forgot. Oh, yeah, because it's not listed on orcade.com, there are no orcade.com scores to go by, but there is a Twin Galaxies uh score, and that high score belongs to Ivan Luengas, who scored 2,035,540. I know. It does not seem like it's a very high-scoring game. It doesn't, but here's the thing, though. 
I can't get very far in this game, so I don't know if the point values increase. Even the videos that I watched on YouTube where people were much better than me, I, I couldn't really tell for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ivan Luangas's record is from June 7th, 1983, by the way. But yeah, that seems like an awfully high score for this game. So either either it's inaccurate or, man, he played this game for a long, long time. Hmm. I'm willing to believe either of those theories. So, yeah. Jimmy G, what else do you have to say about Munchmobile? Well, I think I've said my piece on it. It, it tries to be cutesy, but the difficulty is way too hard for 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 the cutesiness. Um, it could be toned down a little bit. There's another, there is a game it reminds me of, but it's just a straight racing game, and that would be, um, oh gosh, it's, uh, I know it by the name Traverse USA, uh, the American Williams title, but I can't remember the uh, actual other international name of that game. It's kind of has a feel of that game because it's a top, because that game is like a top down racer with gigantic characters, and that, and uh, Munchmobile kind of is too. Uh, both hmm. games have a similar kind of feel, but Munchmobile obviously is, is not a, a serious driving game like uh, Traverse USA is. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe SNK put this out as kind of a, it's like, hey, here's, here's a cute character that's going to eat stuff. I wonder if they were trying to maybe ride Pac-Man's coattails in a way. Could be. And maybe combine it with uh, racing games like Turbo or Pole Position. Well, that it's closer to Turbo than Pole Position or Bump and Jump even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So on a scale of one to five continues, what do you say? I was originally going to rate it a three, but uh, I decided that thinking about the how difficult I remember this game being, I got to rate it a two. I'll probably come back to play it, but it's like, I just remember it being so extremely difficult for what it was trying to do. And uh, yeah. that kind of kills it. I mean, I, I, the control scheme, if for this kind of game, you have to have the two joysticks. There's no way around that. But yeah. over and above that, though, it just, I don't know. This is a game I could possibly change my opinion on before too long. Like I said, it, it really had been a long time since I played this one. But um, for now, I'm just going to leave it at a two. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. I, I'm going to go with a two as well. Because really, watching this game on Starcade and watching YouTube videos, but then actually playing it, totally, totally different feel and disappointing too. It really, it really mm-hmm. is. Like watching someone else play it is actually more enjoyable than, than playing it. So... Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion, and apparently your opinion too. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. Huh. So there. Where? Wherever you are. Oh, all right. So, so uh, onwards. So, onwards. Western soldiers. To Guzzler. Mm, yes. Oh, ah, Guzzler. Guzzler. Oh. Guzzler is. Yes, Guzzler. Guzzler is. The game from the year 1982 was uh, created by a company called Tekan, T-E-H-K-A-N, not Tekken, uh, like the popular fighting games. In the United States, this one was also distributed by Centuri. You have a four-way joystick with a button. And the object of Guzzler is uh, for your player to kill one of four fires in the may- in a maze while avoiding or killing the fireballs, which are the enemies that are spawned by the fires. The joystick is a four-way it's okay if it's in a four-way. And the button will unleash a stream of water. Now, you only get three streams of water. You only get to shoot three streams of water unless you walk over a puddle, in which case your character, Guzzler, refills with water. It's uh, kind of interesting because you when the you run low on water, the character starts it all in uh, light blue, 
But as you use it, the light blue fades until he's just like a dark blue outline. It's uh, actually kind of neat, I think. If all of the puddles are gone, you can uh, gain more water just by walking around, but that's going to take you some time. So, uh, you know, there's that. Now, if there is only one fire left, it will start to move about the maze. And um, what will also happen is uh, every now and then a alcoholic beverage will appear on the screen. And if you get that, you get bonus points as well as getting a um, refilling your guzzler completely. Now, at the bottom of the screen, there's the word guzzler, and if you want to double your scores at the end of the round, and a bonus, which I never figured out the bonus scoring in this game. I need to go back to that. But uh, you'll need to light the word guzzler on the bottom of the screen by killing an enemy when the letter has a red border around it. Now, with games like uh, Ladybug and uh, I think Mousetrap was another one, it's like the... No, not Mousetrap. Um, no? Uh, Mr. Do. Mr. Doe. That the uh, the bonus thing at the top where you have the word... Like it says, extra or special, it just keeps moving. In Guzzler, I found out that you can actually control the highlighted uh, letter in the word Guzzler just by moving around. It's like the longer you go, the more it moves. And when you stop against something, it'll stop there. So you can use that to actually strategize which letters to get, which is actually kind of a nice uh, nice feature. So uh, that's the basics of the game. Now, scoring, if you kill one fireball, the first fireball is 200 points. Two fireballs is 400 points. And three fireballs is 800 points. If you destroy a fire, you get 1,000 points. If you have a fire and a fireball, you get 2,000 points. And a fire and two fireballs, you get 4,000 points. You get 10 points for every second the character survives. And you get an X... Well, I was going to put extra, but it's actually the word X-tar life uh, every 30,000 and 100,000 oh. points. So now I, I don't know if it's every 100,000. 30,000 and 100,000. There are only two ports of this game. One was on the Sega SG-1000, which... Uh, I have the EverDrive on my Sega Master System, and the Master System is basically just an enhanced SG-1000, so it'll play the uh, SG-1000 games with very little modification. And I played Guzzler, and uh, yeah, avoid that version at all costs. Uh, There's also one for the MSX computer. And uh, something I was teasing Sean with, a very interesting thing about this game uh, that I did not realize, but... um, Remember how we, when we talked about Dig Dug way back low those episodes ago, and how Dig Dug was the very first divorced video game character? Yes, indeed. Guzzler is the very first alcoholic video game character. Really? At least, so in my research, I've not been able to find a game with an alcoholic character before him. Every three levels, there's a cutscene. In the first one, he finds a bottle of booze, drove. Uh, that was left on the street by a guzzler. A bottle of what? A bottle of booze. Uh, In the first cutscene, he finds a bottle of booze that was left by a guzzler and some of the fireballs, and he takes it. In the next cutscene, he drinks it. He turns half red. In the third cutscene, he finds another bottle of booze left by a a smaller guzzler. And the cutscene after that, he turns fully red and drunk. In the final cutscene, the fifth one, uh, he's carried off by two small guzzlers because he's passed out. So this very well could be the very first alcoholic video game character. Uh-huh. In later fighting games, there are characters that get powers from being drunk. Kind of inspired by the uh, Jackie Chan films Legend of Drunken Master, where he fights better when he's drunk. Uh, which I think I, I did see one of those movies in the theater. I think it was the first one. And uh, so, yes, I thought that was very, very interesting. So uh, drink up, kids. Mm. You know, kids aren't going to... Stuff like that. Kids aren't going to make kids drink, but, you know, but, uh, so and yeah. kids are going to play Guzzler anyway. That's true. So that's the game. Um, 
Uh, first place I ever played it was Putt-Putt Golf and Games, Joliet, Illinois, Essington Road. And um, I rather enjoyed the game back then. I was never, let's face it, I don't need to say I was never very good at any of these games. So uh, that's, that's just assumed by this point. Of the, for those of who have been listening to this podcast for the four plus years we've been we've been recording. Had, no, Five years good. now. Five plus now, yeah, that's true, yeah. isn't it? So every well, still four plus is still technically well, correct. Four, yeah, four plus is four plus any number ever. So yeah, the, you're right. You're right. Anyone who's been right. listening to this podcast for the one plus episodes, yeah, <laughs> um, know that I'm no good at any of these games. But um, yeah, I kind of like this one. It's not one of my favorites, but uh, I go back to it every now and then. I like the idea of it, and I like the uh, how you have to refill your your uh, water by going every now and then. I like when you get touched by one of the fireballs. It basically shows Guzzler popping and spilling water all over. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was kind of yeah, cute. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Oh, one thing I did forget to mention is that at the end of the game, uh, there is uh, you get a chance to get a free life. Yeah, there's like a wheel of, I don't know, I didn't count them, of a bunch of fireballs and one Guzzler. And then there's a Guzzler at the bottom of the screen. And what happens, the wheel spins, and you hit the button, and then the wheel slowly um, starts slowing down. It also becomes redundant, and if you match the guzzler on the wheel with the guzzler at the bottom of the screen, you get a free life. So that's always a, a nice thing. That's a nice touch for this game. It's not really a free life, though. It, it costs It's an extra something. life. It's an extra life. Nothing's free. Nothing's free in this world, kid. So, um, that's the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's the game. Yep. That's the game. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So, what do you have to say about this game? It was definitely... I had a lot more fun playing Guzzler than I did playing uh, Munchmobile. Uh-huh. And it just now occurred to me, thinking about it, Guzzler, really, is a more... To me, it's it's like a more fully featured version of Turtles. Yeah, I guess it is in a way, doesn't it? It hit the... Yeah. The Mazes, to me, uh, had a... I know it's not the same company. Had a nibbler feel to them. Hmm. I, uh, I can definitely see that. So, yeah, so, so uh, you were continuing on your thoughts. That was pretty much it. I mean, the thing is, I really enjoyed this game, and it really breaks my heart that there nobody has this game. Nobody has really? Guzzler. Really? I it's another one it. I had to play in MAME because nobody has it. Huh. I was playing well, this. Well, then again, I have not seen the last two unveilings because Doc doesn't do Facebook anymore. He does Twitch, and I, I don't like Twitch. So, uh, yeah, I don't think, and, I don't, and they haven't been very uh, diligent about cross-posting the uh, the video. So he did cross-post this last one. Uh, just was it Guzzler? No, it wasn't Guzzler. Unfortunately, it was. What was it? It was um, sexy Parodius. It's uh, oh, the Parodius. Okay. Uh, Parodius is an offshoot of the Gradius games, and uh, they're cute 'em ups. Uh, Parodius mean, meaning it's a parody of Gradius. These are parody okay. games, and sexy Parodius has. Um, Sexy women in it, although not nude. But, um, so yeah. So that's what that was. I played through it, and it's uh, difficult as hell. But huh. um, but it was a fun game. But So back to Guzzler. Back to Guzzler. Yeah, I kind of like this. I like this game uh, a lot, too. But I don't know if I like it enough to give it a four. Oh, by the way, are there any scores for this? There's. I was only able to get a Twin Galaxies score, because again, because it's not listed on Orcade.com. But uh, Gary... <laughs> All right, I, I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't. I honestly do not mean anything offensive by this. But the person who has the Twin Galaxies high score in this has a really stupid sounding name, G 
Gary A. Hat. Mr. Hat. Oh, man. Gary A. Hat. I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm sure he is. You know, I like, but still, I'm, I'm, bah! I, 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 I have no filters left anymore. <laughs> uh, 465,090, and that was uh, submitted to Twin Galaxies on the 28th of June, 1985. Oh, wow. Been a while because nobody has this game. Oh, by nobody the way, play I, it. I have one filter left, and it's on my microphone. Oh, oh boy! So that's uh, yeah, that's that's all the scoring that we have for this particular game. And other than our own individual one to five continues ratings, and I'm going to tell you, I do like it enough to give it a four. Okay, I, I th- it's definitely a unique idea. That may, I, I really don't know because I didn't do the research on this, but it may or may not have been influenced by chemicals for all we know. <laughs> and it's, it's unique. It's challenging. And it kind of, it's, who would think of this? Who would think of it? And it is a fun game and you can develop strategies on yes. it. Pretty, mm-hmm. And that really, a fun game that you can develop strategies on that's still really challenging, to me, that is what you want in a video game. And this is a cutesy game. It's a cutesy game, yeah, absolutely. It's not, and it's not easy, again, like Munchmobile. It's not an easy game, but it's more consistent, I guess, maybe, in its cutesiness, in a way. And plus, you're putting out fires. Who did? What little boy didn't want to be a fireman when they were growing up? It was a cowboy, a cop, or a fireman. Yeah, I, when I was a little boy, I wanted to be a cop. So, I ended up being a web developer, so <laughs> that's probably closer to a fireman. Yeah, probably because uh, web developers generally do try to put out fires. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know what? I think I'm going to put give it a four. I really? think I'm okay. going to give it a four. Yeah, I was, I'm kind of like right on the edge there, but yeah, I'm going to do it because this is a this is a good game. It's fun. Does that make me an influencer? You're an internet influencer. I hate that term. <sighs> yeah. So wow, this is not a very long episode today, is it? That's what she said. Ah, uh, yeah, she's always talking about my episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, hey, what did you? Let's let's see what uh, Eugenio uh, said about. Oh yes, let's finish uh, up with Eugenio. Yeah, let yeah, me we're s- finished with Eugenio. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Eugenio. And let's see. He says, uh, "Guzzler, here's another one I don't recall ever seeing. See, even yeah, yeah, even in Eugenio's neck of the woods, which is not our neck of the woods." Uh, he never saw it. That is to say, he never seen it. Uh, I I did some internet searching to learn about it. It's one of those that has a cute look to it with that water-filled character. Is this the titular guzzler? Who must extinguish fires in various mazes and extinguish the fire monsters that spawn from these fires. The game does look nice, and it has a pretty interesting mechanic, particularly because the guzzler does empty itself and has to collect water from the puddles around the maze. The cool stuff, though, is when an alcoholic beverage appears, because that freezes all the fires, and the guzzler can then... Ah, too spitty that time. And the guzzler can then extinguish them. I'm curious enough to want to play this game. I saw there's a port for the SG-1000 of this game. It looks okay, but sounds horrible. That appears to be the only home port, though. I guess it wasn't popular enough of a game to get more home ports. Okay, two things that occurred to me. Yes? The, um, 
The character, now that I think about it, looks like a sentient glad bag. A sentient sandwich bag. A sandwich bag, yeah. Uh, And secondly, thinking about it, uh, have you played Towering Inferno on the Atari 2600? I did probably about 14 years ago. I think there's some similarities between this game and that one. I mean, because you're running around a maze putting out fires. I mean, some of the mechanics are a little bit different, but I think there's... I'm wondering if that could be hacked into uh, Guzzler. Now, was that in a Magic game? Uh, that was U.S. Games. Wait, U.S. US games? games? Okay. Yeah, let yes, me fire US it games. up in my... I, that's actually one of my... One of my uh, one game I think is extremely underrated. The way the fires move is kind of... Can get you in a cheap death every now and then, but overall, it's one of my one of my go-tos. Huh. Oh, by the way, that those of you who are listening and say things, uh, it's pronounced Imagic, not I-Magic. It's like imagine, but you're imagining magic. I remember that from the commercials. Uh, oh, gosh, yes. I, yeah. Oh, I imagine. Towering Inferno. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think, let me see. And you have to use the right controller. Oh, mother. It doesn't use the left one. I don't know why they did that with that game. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I just hot swapped my controller and it shut down the thing. So let's see. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's right. Because I, oh, oh, you know what? I can use the console button. Oh, mother of God. Swear along with Sean. Uh, I've been saying piffle a lot lately. It was one of my mom's favorite swear words. Piffle. U.S. Games Corporation. Oh, are you kidding me? <sighs> okay, forget it. I'm not going to try it out in my Harmony cart right now because and I, apparently to play it off a of Harmony cart, you need two controllers plugged in. One to select, one to play. Ugh. Because the reset button doesn't actually start the game. It gives you credits. Hmm. Uh, that is the Harmony cart, not Towering Inferno. Ah, okay. Gotcha. So, so yeah. continuing. Oh, so uh, uh, back to uh, Eugenio. Um, I'm a Munchmobile. I know I have never seen this game before. I would not forget a car with eyes and extending arms to pick up food items, money, or gas as you go along the road. Maybe this one was inspired by Herbie? Oh, I never even thought of that. It's a good point. I can see that. I did find out it was originally called Joyful Road, yep, and the car character and the artwork with that title very much looks like a red Herbie. Not much to read about this online. <laughs> Tell me about it, Eugenio. But there are some videos about it on YouTube. Looks kind of cute, but I'm not sure it's a very appealing game. Maybe I'm wrong? This one got a home port for the TI-994A and it looks decent. No, it does not, Eugenio! It looks terrible! <laughs> <sighs> So, was the theme for these two games licensed by Centuri for U.S. release? <laughs> Going to the Final Frontier Gaming, and of course, he gives us the uh, links to stuff that we will also put on our show notes page at PieFactoryPodcast.com. The thing is, he said, uh, so was the theme, two games licensed by Centuri for U.S. release. And if he's been listening to this podcast as long as he knows, or as long as he, uh, as we think he has, uh, he should know that we never do a... a we rarely do quite an obvious um, theme like that. No, today's uh, <laughs> today's th- theme is stupid. I think it is pretty stupid. It's more like yeah, let's we just wanted throw to talk about game. these, uh, but we couldn't think of much. We just these are games we referenced in episode one hundred eight. <laughs> yeah, and well, no, it, it it went beyond that. It's more like games that we've been ta- that we've been wanting to talk about, but just never did. And I'd like to expand that to games that I saw on Starcade, but never ever ever in real life. We're nothing if not fluid on our theming. 
Yeah, very fluid, yeah. Especially with Guzzler. <laughs> yes, I went there. Yeah, so uh, before we say what's coming up next in the Land of the Pie Factory podcast, I would like to offer uh, some sincere thank yous to our Patreon sponsors. And uh, those people are, um, according to my list that I have not yet pulled up, uh, those uh, include Richard Grounds, Nate Lockhart, Tim Foley, Keith Sheehan, Underground Retrocade, the SNES Podcast, Atari Bytes, Franco Dragon, Kyle Etter, Rory Coleman, I don't know why I paused there, uh, Steve Steiner, Art Guglielmo, Air Shack, PJ Steele, Timmy Mack, Kurt Musgrave, Richard Valdez, D. Alex, Lance Endries, Christian Williams, New Balance Stores Phoenix, and we got two new people uh, who yeah. wish to support us, and we thank you big time. Mark Super, thank you. Uh, we met Mark at Midwest Gaming Classic in 2019, actually. We did. Or at least I did. I don't. I don't remember. I thought he. I thought he told me that he was looking for you. And he wanted to say hi. Hmm. I, but but I mean, don't be offended. I don't remember waking up this morning. So yeah, I don't remember you waking up this morning either. Yeah. So uh, that's just me. So I probably did meet him. I just uh, yeah, everything's a blur. I, yeah, I'm really terrible, especially with faces. Like I'm. I met Mark, but if I saw him now, I would be so embarrassed because I would not know him by looking at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or thing is i would know a lot of other people on this list because i've seen them very frequently <laughs> you know what we're facebook friends i have to take a look and see what he looks like i might i might remember him if i see a picture of him and uh, mark apologized for not contributing this is something else mark said uh, i wish i could have contributed more but you know I'm the, because of th- it's like dude why are you even d- just dude take care of yourself man it's okay yeah no we're we're not offended especially uh with every all the uh, crap going on in the world right now. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, that's we. That's even ascent is like we it, just just the fact that you're listening to us, really, mm-hmm. and that that means a lot. And also, Mike Hat NJ, thank you, thank you for your contribution as well. So, welcome to the uh, Patreon sponsors. You joined just in time for us to not collect yet because we kind of want to ease up on that during this crisis. We don't want to, you know. We want to take a, whatever burden we can off people's shoulders. So, so yeah, we disabled Patreon for at least the month. Right. So. We but, might put uh, it back up. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will forewarn people before we do. So, yes. uh, and anyway, um, other than that, how about uh, coming up next in Pie Factory Podcast Land? Well, we're going to do one of our special episodes. <gasps> yes. We are going to actually get some old friends on the, on the show. Ooh. And uh, we're going to talk about our... Modem land memories. Yeah, because we don't have any young friends, so we're just going to uh, friends. I guess Andy Ryerson is probably about the youngest. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, congratulations, Andy. Yes, congratulations, if, Andy. Yes, congratulations. Um, he's got a kid. Is it a son or a daughter? I don't remember. I think it's a daughter. I think it's a daughter. But here's something I, I, I've been wondering for years. Uh, this is actually something that I think Kevin Zerby might be able to answer, because I think he likes this deep kind of question. Hmm. When people congratulate somebody for having a child added to the family, what is the reason for the congratulations? Okay. Is is it congratulating that you um, had a, uh, well, there was something that caused that child to um, happen? Is it congratulating you that you now have a financial burden on your family? I mean, I, I really okay. don't know. I'm not the, a parent, his, so uh, I don't know. On his comedy album, Fits Like a Glove, uh, Howie Mandel said, 
I just became a father, and the audience started applauding. He goes, no, 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 don't, don't, don't applaud. I just f***ed my wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you have any insight? Because you're you're a parent three times over, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm not. So, like, why would why would you want to be congratulated for that? Tax write offs. Oh, okay. The tax deductions. Nice. Daddy's little tax deduction. Oh, okay. So what were we saying? Oh yeah. Thank you everybody for, uh, yes, thank your you. contributions. Yeah. Next episode is going to be, we like, we're trying to do that every five episodes ish or every 10 episodes ish, like do kind of a off topic episode. So yeah. yeah. Talking about our experiences, uh, in the world of BBSing bulletin board systems. And I'm sure a lot of, I gotta our, watch that movie BBS the movie. Oh man. I still have it. You mentioned that probably about four years ago. And it's, yeah, it's I guess it's it. really, really long, but yeah. Uh, I might start watching that tonight. And then after that episode, we'll uh, talk about some more games, I yes. guess. Do you want right. to you want to tell what we're going to talk about after that? Yeah, what games What games did we agree upon? I, I literally yeah, do not about, remember. We're going to talk about one of them is going to be kind of, I think, kind of hard to, uh, oh, hard to yeah. play. Uh, Daytona USA and Bump and Jump. Yeah, okay. Daytona USA and Bump and Jump. Okay, bump, I like that. Bump and Jump. Bump N, the letter Bump N. and, okay. Bump and. So. Bump in. I, I'll get. I'll get it. I'll. I'll, I'll get it someday. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there we go. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for your contributions. And stay safe and clean and happy. Yeah, clean and happy. Uh, this is uh, Sean from the um, Chicago town. And this is Jimmy G from the Morris Village. I guess it's a city. I don't know. City or village, I don't know. <laughs> one time, one time, I was uh, doing some doing a little uh, side work for um, uh, the USGS. They had a thing called the Earth Science Corps, and we were living in um, moments. Well, what Earth Science Corps was is just people going around to verify stuff on the uh, geologic survey maps, like with the location of like benchmarks and buildings and stuff like that. And um, I went to talk to the mayor of Moments to ask him about a few things. He, uh, he owned the Ace Hardware store in the Moments. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I need some information about the village of Moments. And he got offended. They go, um, Moments is a city. I'm like, well, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I wouldn't want to uh, offend the, uh, the person who presides over the Gladiolus Festival. So. Yeah, you don't want to get drilled by that hardware store salesman. <laughs> I see what and you that did there. And that means I signed off. So there we go. Bye. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is the Happy L composed by Sean Courtney. Love theme from Addenda and Arata was composed by Jim Goble. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on PieFactoryPodcast.com. Support the show at Patreon.com slash Pie Factory Podcast. I w- <sighs> wow, you sound excited to talk about this game. Oh, one thing I did forget to mention. Um, uh, when your right, game is over. I'm going to fine you a dollar for every time you say. That's just a thing I do. Still, I want money, so I'm going to fine you a dollar every time you do that. You have a job. I don't. I want money more. Um, ah. The mazes to me uh, had a, I know it's not the same company, had a nibbler feel to them. Wait, what the f*** is nibbler? What is nibbler? Okay. Um, yeah, you need to rewatch Man vs. Snake. I need to what? You need to rewatch Man vs. Snake so you Watch understand out for what? that reference. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Okay. Watch out for snakes. 
I did find out it was originally called Joyful Road. Yep. And the car character on the artwork with that little... And the car character on the artwork with that little... Ah, shart. And the car character on the artwork with that... Damn it! And the car... Seriously, come on! And the car character on the artwork with that title very much looks like a... I can't say things. <laughs> Words uh, hurt. And the car character and the artwork with that title very much looks like a red Herbie. 